Good afternoon and welcome to Auto Retail Live. We're looking ahead to 2022 uh, for the next 30 to 40 minutes. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, great to have your company. Uh, and with just 10 more sleeps until uh, the big man comes with the presents, 2021 is nearly done. Uh, never over, of course, until the last deal is completed. But by all accounts, it's been a profitable, if challenging, year in automotive retail. So what does 2022 uh, have in store and how best can we prepare? Uh, more than likely that your plans are, are well advanced, but what are the things we might be able to do or the tips that we could take to get our best foot forward? Today, we'll be discussing the issues uh, with three uh, industry leaders. We'll hear from Mark Raban, the chief exec of Lookers, David Peel, the CEO of Pentagon, and Stuart Mills, chief customer officer from Kilo. And your questions, please do uh, participate. Comments always welcome, questions always welcome. Uh, quite simply type them in to the bottom of the screen. Uh, they will go through to Tristan, Tristan Young, our editorial director, uh, and then they will be fed into our conversation. So please do feel free to uh, comment uh, and, and send your thoughts. You can also use social media, hashtag ARN Live. Uh, we're keeping our eye on, on the socials as well. So let's start with a very quick look at the year end. Uh, we have just got a few days to go, so it's probably nearly done. Let's start with Mark. Mark Rayban, um, CEO of Lookers. Um, good afternoon and thanks for joining us. Um, for national view, you've got England, you've got Scotland, you've got Northern Ireland. How is the year ending? Hi, Al. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for the invite on. It's a pleasure uh, to join you. Um, well, listen, Al, I think I've, I've lost uh, count, really, of the number of times I've used the word uh, unprecedented uh, over the last sort of 18 months. But, but again, 2021 has been an unprecedented year, hasn't it? I mean, just go through it. We were closed for the entirety of uh, Q1, uh, at which point we were still grappling with Brexit. We've had supply uh, disruption uh, with uh, chip shortages. Uh, we've then had a significant increase uh, in used values throughout particularly the second half. And then, of course, sadly now, uh, we seem to be into a different stage of the pandemic with the Omicron variant. So, uh, I mean, I think it's been a, a, an incredibly uh, challenging year. Oh, you're right, only a few more sleeps to go. So the year is, um, you know, broad, broadly done. I, I think, uh, you know, for us, it's been a, it's been a good year. Um, I should thank my fantastic Lucas colleagues for all the, the hard work that they've put in. But I think really, uh, the sector has really responded really well to, to all of this out. And I think, to my mind, uh, it showed uh, the strength of the franchise dealer model, which is fantastic. Confidence is, is, is key to it here. David uh, David Peel, who's the CEO of Pentagon, you've got just over 30, 33 dealers um, uh, across the UK, uh, privately owned, so slightly different model, obviously, to, to lookers, do you, have you got that sense of confidence and, and feeling the year's ending well for you? Yeah, well, hi, Al again, and uh, once again, thanks for the invite today. Um, I've only been in the job for six months of this year, so unlike Mark, I didn't experience that uh, that sort of shutdown in, in Q1. But um, yeah, Pentagon is part of Motus um, Holdings, which is a South African PLC. So. Um, we are, in fact, a PLC um, business, but uh, smaller and more regionalised than, than Mark's business. Uh, and I think this year has been, um, you know, we've all said it, unprecedented um, time and time again. The one thing that I would say is that, you know, certainly we've had a very strong year as Pentagon. 
I think the second half of the year has taken a lot of discipline in the way that we've traded. So we've been bold um, in holding our nerve, uh, especially when it comes to used cars and, and our pricing model, um, which has definitely paid dividends. Um, you know, we, we're closing the year in some uncertainty, again, with um, the Omnicom um, pandemic. But um, we certainly go into next year very optimistic um, following, you know, one of the best years we've had, in fact, uh, in recent times. Stuart, 2020 uh, was a year when retail responded. It was the it was the COVID era that retail either survived and went digital um, or didn't do well at all. So if, if retail did well in 2020 with digital, how was 2021 from, from a customer point of view and from retailers in building on that digital success from 2020? Yeah, I, I think it's been very strong, actually. And a, a lot of the customers we're working with, both in the UK and around the world, have really focused in on a digital agenda to make sure that they can respond uh, both in the buying cycle and the servicing cycle to how their customers want to interact with them. So we've done a lot of work on that and we're seeing it continue and forecasting it well into 22 as well as more of that process supports the dealerships in servicing their customers in the way they want to be managed. So, so the focus has been there. People have still continued to invest and, and invest more in the digital aspect of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that will continue. And I think part of that is not only responding to the, the customer demands, but of course, it's helping dealerships to better manage their cost base um, in these in uncertain times. So yes, I think that'll continue very strongly into 22. Right, we've touched on 2021. We may well refer back to it with, with some examples, but let's turn our attention to 2022. Supply, of course, is the big issue. Supply of new cars um, is, is the big issue. The challenge is when if, well, when it will begin to free up. David, I'm going to come to you because, as you say, six months in the role at Pentagon, previously um, OEM side at Peugeot, uh, what's your view uh, in terms of when things are going to free up? Okay. Um, well, I, I think, you know, it's almost like how long is a piece of string because the reality is nobody really knows. Um, I'm not expecting any significant change from where we are today until later in um, 2022. Um, you know, we are dictated to on supply, of course, by all of our OEM partners. Um, and if I'm honest, you know, all all 12 of the, the, the OEMs that we represent um, are very vague with their forecast for 2022. So um, coming from being the manufacturer not that long ago, um, you know, often, you know, we we faced a situation where, with situations like this on supply, it was very difficult to predict. Um, you know, when supply would come, um, and in what volume. So I think they're struggling. I'm honest to, to be um, as open and transparent as they need to be with us because they don't really know themselves. I think the one key impact that we know for certain is that there will definitely be low volumes of sub 12 month business um, in the marketplace in 2022 because all manufacturers are going to prioritize the more profitable channels um, and move away from the low cost daily rental channels, for example, which means that there will be a lot less late plate used cars in the market, which will only help our business moving forward. Um, 
the semiconductor issue, I believe, has forced the industry into a new way of doing business. And I think that is a almost a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, I think everyone's tried to, to have a business that operates, um, you know, supply and demand balanced. Um, you know, over the last 10 or 15 years in the UK, the market's been forced. For example, the predictions of the market for 2022 is 22, 28%, sorry, lower than the high of 2016. So it, for me, the market um, has gone back to a, a more uh, normal position. Um, and, you know, certainly as we go into um, 2022, I think there's a real opportunity to reset the model completely where we take orders for customers, the manufacturers build cars in line with customer demand, and we move away from these tactical last minute um, forces of the months across all brands, which, as we know, damages the overall market as well as damages the customer position when the residual values are obviously damaged off the back of it. So, so I, I think there's a once in a once in a career opportunity for us all to to change um, and take real advantage of, of what has been a crisis. Mark, interesting. David was saying there there is uncertainty even within manufacturers about about volumes going forward. We're an industry that's built on targets. You hit a number, you get something in return. Are, are you are you not having targets set then for for next year, or how how are things going to work in that way? Well, I think everyone is in a different uh, place now. And let me first of all say that I, I think this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I completely agree. Uh, with what David has said, and, and I'm very encouraged by uh, some of the discussions that we're engaged in uh, around more closely matching demand with supply. That's got to be good uh, for margin retention. And, and, and frankly, if you, if, you, if you produce a good car that people want to buy in the right quantities, uh, the, the margin must sort of regulate itself. Um, and certainly, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know as we move forward, the, the reliance on targeting will become less because I think there'll be less need for it. it you know, we, we, we shouldn't be forcing, um, you know, supply into the market because that's that just hits the, you know, hits, hits the margin. So I, I, I do agree. I think it's a, it's a real tremendous opportunity that we have ahead. But the proof of the pudding is going to be in the eating. These these words are easy to say, uh, but let's be honest. Adjusting production volumes on a global basis is is, is not an easy challenge. So, so is the end of, once in a lifetime, I'm sure a lot of people be quite pleased to hear that. So the end of push uh, as we know it. Well, I mean, I, I think that's got to be uh, in everyone's interest. I mean, if, if you look at the, the cost that's involved um, from taking a car at the factory gate to the hands of the consumer, it, it's 20 to 30 odd percent of the value of the vehicle. Uh, and that, that is too much. Um, so anything that avoids reduces costs and avoids discounting and retains margins got to be good news for for us and our partners. So yeah, I mean it is once in a lifetime. David, it, it is an element of um, crystal ball gazing, I know, but but beyond the the feedback that you get from say national sales companies, what are the other sort of indicators that you're going to use to look at how you see the market uh, evolving and, and supply coming? Well, I, th I think we made a big decision back mid-year this year um, when the supply shortages started to impact us. Um, I think the, one of the key elements is is maintaining motivation of our teams. Um, you know, when you've got guys that are working on a commission basis, 
um, when supply becomes short, it obviously has a huge impact on their personal lives. So, so as a company, we we took um, the, the step back in June this year to start rewarding and, and remunerating our sales teams based on order take rather than point of delivery, which certainly had a huge impact um, within our teams and, and maintained that forward uh, motion and motivation that's required in sales. So our approach for 2022 is that we cannot affect the supply. So we're not really going to worry about it. What we're going to worry about is what we do. Um, and we're maintaining that position um, as we go into 2022 so that our teams know they get paid when they take an order. Um, and from my perspective, as I alluded to just now, taking an order for a car that the customer actually wants is absolutely the way forward to give the, you know excellence in customer satisfaction. And, and the reality is, you know, those cars will come at some point. So there's only one message to my guys is that we just keep professional. We put the customer at the front of everything and we just take orders and keep the customer informed along along the way um, when we get notified of when that delivery point will be. Um, and in doing so, um, you know, it's demand and supply, as we just said. So customers are are prepared to pay more as well when they know that they're not stockpiled in fields as well. So our margins, you know, are going to be a focus to make sure that we we maximise margins across new and used cars, um, and try and maintain that moving forward as part of this once in a lifetime opportunity. You're watching Auto Retail Live in partnership with Key Loop. We're looking ahead to 2022 and some of the factors and things that will help um, keep profitability and keep the market moving. Um, Stuart, Stuart Mills um, from Key Loop. We, we've heard David and Mark there talk about some strategies, some, some ways of motivating people, um, some focus on the brand and the experience. What about the customer? T tell us what the customer's doing through, through all of this. Are they, are they are they staying with the program and, and and happy to wait for cars or are they flip flopping and going somewhere else? Uh, I think a lot of them that we've spoken to certainly are happy to stay with the brand. Um, to David's point, they they know this is beyond the control of the dealer. This is a, a global manufacturing challenge right now, um, and a lot of customers are very loyal to their specific brands. I think what we're also seeing is is this sort of drive from the customer to make sure that a lot of the stuff they do around the purchase of a vehicle can be done in this sort of omni-channel fashion where there is this sort of disconnection and reconnection as they go through their process so that they can look to select a car online, do all their research um, and have that sort of saved. So when they're then interacting with the dealerships because Inevitably, still a large number of people want to go and see and touch and feel a car and test drive it. But all, all that sort of background research, all the things that are important to the customer are shared with the dealer through this sort of omni-channel approach. Uh, and we see that going through extending into the after-sales experience as well, where they'll be both the sort of connected and disconnected customer um, and the dealerships having to cope with that new dynamic. Mark, we've got a shortage of supply. We've got customers who want to talk to you when they want to, you, how they want to exactly, and you expect to respond immediately. And then you've got some kind of interesting cars turning up. Some of them are bits missing. I mean, I don't literally mean a wing missing, but, but, we, but there are vehicles being delivered without elements because of the semiconductor shortage. 
What, what's your guidance and what do you do with your team in terms of keeping customers satisfied when they might be getting a car with a few bits missing? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the, 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 the OEMs have done a, a very good job at, uh, you know, managing, making the best of what is a difficult situation with, uh, with chips. So, for example, it, it, it wouldn't be unusual to have two keys, one electronic and one a blade. Uh, and, and customers, by and large, I think, uh, Al, are, are understanding this. I mean, everyone knows you've only got to go to the supermarket and there's, there's, there's gaps in the shelf. Um, very, very difficult to, you know, get, get sort of home improvement work done or whatever it is. Uh, you know, labour and is, is in short, uh, short supply and everyone knows that, that, that sort of prices are going up as well. I, I think the key to dealing with that situation is just keeping really close to, to your customers. So our team do a fantastic job of keeping very close to the customer, keeping them informed uh, in, a, in a sort of clear and transparent way. And because, because customers are seeing this in other aspects of their life, um, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with it, they, they understand it. And, and of course, uh, you know, we're seeing demand for a car and, it, and it's, you know, everyone is in the same position. Um, so, so I think from our perspective, just keeping very close to our customers and, and keeping close to the situation is, is, is the best way to handle it. David, what's happening with, with finance? Because most, nearly everything now is financed, of course. Some people still still uh, want to work with cash, but it's tiny, tiny. Finance is based on residual value. Residual value is based on a known quantity of a vehicle. You've suddenly got a whole load of vehicles, some of which have got bits on, some of which haven't. What is that doing to, to PCP and finance in your business, and, and importantly, profitability? Well, I think the first thing we've seen throughout all of this is um, when you talk about finance is that when we were through, going through lockdown and we were transacting, you know, purely online, we, we definitely saw a fall off in finance penetration and add-on products um, because of the lack of process, I guess, that we, we had as a company digitally. I think everybody has learned and everybody has improved since then. Um, we've now seen that come back. So, you know, we're back to really strong levels of finance penetration and product sales. When you, when you talk about the PCP elements of a car that isn't completely 100% complete, um, we're, we're not experiencing a huge amount of that, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it's, it's, as Mark said, it's, it's where, you know, it's small things where you get one key that's electronic, you get one key that's, that's norm, a normal blank. Um, those sort of things do not have the level of impact. You know, you might have, you might have cars with, you know, electric windows or not, uh, sorry, electric mirrors or not electric mirrors. It's not enough from what we've seen to significantly impact or, or affect the RV of that particular car. That said, RVs and, and used car values are at their all-time high. So, it, it, you know, it, it's never been a better time for a customer that's got a current car to change it for either a new car or used especially new because new cars have not increased in value as much as used cars have over the last 12 months. So, so, so yeah, once again, you know, from a crisis, um, there's a huge amount of opportunity and, and a lot of buoyancy moving forward, I believe. That was smooth. I, I just love the way you got in. Never been a better time to buy a car. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> the, 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 there was a report out um, recently, the, the, the report out from Auto Trade, a really interesting stat that came out from November, where they said that nearly 26% of cars that are a year old, uh, less than a year old, are now priced higher than new. Now, that takes us on neatly, Mark, to, to, to used cars within the, the 2022 
uh, time frame. We know supply is an issue. Um, David's highlighted it, the, the auto trader. We see the values um, are going up. But what other factors are going to come into play um, with pricing next year? Because if we look at the economy, um, and occasionally we get to look at the economy when we're not talking about politics and Christmas parties in, in government, but inflation is ticking up. It's 4%. Um, interest rates are rising. Are those factors um, that we should be thinking about in used car pricing, or is it just supply? No, I, th I think you're right. There's, there's, a, there's a whole range of factors, Al, and, uh, and David's absolutely right. There, there now has been a better time, of course, to buy a car. Um, so I'll, I'll get my plug in as well. Um, look, I think uh, who, who would have ever thought right, in our lifetime that we, we, we would have seen a situation where a nearly uh, new car is worth more than a, a new car? Okay, uh, it, It's very odd. Um, and the key question in my mind, and it's something we're, you know, we're, we're thinking a lot about at Lookers, is, you know, when, when, when does that situation start to normalise, and how does it normalise? Is, is this going to be a, a, you know, a soft or a hard landing? Uh, and and, and we're, we're, we're sort of keeping a very close eye on that. And, and I think it, it's a really difficult one to call. I think it largely depends on how quickly uh, new car supply uh, can recover. And I think the latest unfortunate twists with, with COVID will, 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 will play into that as well. Uh, so there's a, there is a big piece, I think, about making sure that we're all ready uh, for when, for when you know, a normal sort of used car asset valuation model uh, starts, to, starts to take hold. So that's the first thing we've got to be aware of. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's not only about that. On, on the cost side, uh, I mean, we've been doing our budgets this week and, uh, you know, th th there, there are cost pressures. Absolutely, cost pressures that are uh, that are racking up. Um, you know, everyone knows that um, you know, it's difficult uh, with, with with technicians in particular. Uh, there's, there's a lot of um, you know, attractive uh, industries um, out there as well, um, and, and we can't be immune from this. And I think I think we are going to uh, face these inflationary pressures, and, and we've got to we've got to plan accordingly and, and keep very mindful of this and control them as best as we possibly can moving forward, because it is, it is a, quite a pressure. David, you, the, the, there is a little bit of a, um, a dip in used values uh, we've seen, but is that just a year-end normalisation because the market's gone quiet and then, and then as, as, as Mark says, we're kind of back on again in 2022? Well, I certainly believe so. Yes, it's um, it's it's not out of character for this time of year, um, and certainly the sort of feedback from the experts in the marketplace are predicting that we'll see that recover back in January. Um, as Mark said, you know we have to remain very agile because none of us know, and we we all sit on a huge amount of of um, used car stock, so any small movement can can have a huge impact. Um, you know, for me personally, I sort of still see um, values remaining strong for the foreseeable future. Um, I think inevitably they will soften as we get into the second half of the year. You know, to give you an example, our average stock value is £4,000 a unit more than it was this time last year with a, with a very similar stock profile. So, um, you know, used cars have increased significantly and we'd be foolish if we thought that that was going to continue um, without seeing some sort of um, realignment. Um, but, you know, 
it's linked to new car supply. And we know that new car supply is not going to strengthen significantly in, in the short to medium term. So, you know, my advice to my guys and my advice to, I guess, everyone on this um, um, sort of um, call um, is the fact that we should maintain our position. You know, we've, we've held off on, on pricing in, and we've sort of, we've held our ground. You know, we, we're not negotiating. We're positioning the car um, using data science, as most of my competitors are, on a daily basis, and we're holding our nerve. And, and it has proved, you know, significantly successful in, in the second half of this year, where, you know, used car value, used car profits are better than they've ever been. And I think we're all starting to see the level of financial return that our business deserves. So it's in our hands to maintain this as much as we possibly can moving forward and not fall back into our old ways. You're watching Auto Retail Live. It's the look ahead to 2022. Uh, in company today with Mark Rayban, CEO of Lucas, David Peel, the CEO of Pentagon, and Stuart Mills, Chief Commercial Officer of Keyloop. Uh, we've had some interesting tips today. We talked about um, rewarding people. It's not just on sales. It's thinking about keeping um, our sales teams motivated. It's a recognition that finance penetration is coming back. Personalization is coming back. Um, and focusing on the value of the vehicle. Let's turn to another hot topic for 2022, which of course is electrification. Um, it's been a remarkable year for electric vehicles in market share and in absolute numbers. Um, the SMMT in the last uh, couple of weeks have been critical of the government um, in not having sufficient public charging for public charging infrastructure. So let's dip into what's happening in the market. Mark. Um, is the SMNT right here that it's it's all about a lack of public charging infrastructure? Well, public in infrastructure is 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 an issue, uh, and, and and I ran into it myself <laughs> yesterday, uh, real time. Uh, and and some of the infrastructure that is there, uh, you know, isn't always functioning, so it is a problem. But you know, stripping through that because I think that's to a certain extent noise. If if you look at the barriers to uh, adopting EV. Um, being sort of battery costs, uh, infrastructure and range, they're all moving in the right direction. So battery cost is coming down. Infrastructure, although there are still issues, uh, is, is improving, albeit slowly. And, um, you know, range is extending. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll see customers get, more, you know, less sort of range anxiety. Uh, and, I, and I think that when customers get their hands on these electric vehicles and start to experience them and touch and feel them and, and drive them, we're going to see the adoption of electrification, in my view, accelerate much, much more quickly um, than, than we, we, we perhaps anticipate. And that's got some, you know, pr pretty uh, pretty serious implications, I think, for, for, for all of our businesses. Uh, you know, I think we've got to think long and hard about the training that we're giving to our colleagues and, and their product knowledge, because this is all about, this is about a totally new experience. And customers are hungry for information. We've got to make sure that we can give that in a compelling and exciting way. I think as well, uh, it means we're all going to face uh, some significant investment. Um, we're talking about public charging infrastructure. Uh, you know, in the vast majority of our businesses, our charging infrastructure isn't yet uh, anywhere near where it, where it needs to be. So that's going to be a big investment for us. And then, of course, we're all faced with a, a bit of a conundrum around after-sales uh, because, um, you know, the, the, after, the three years after-sale content of an electric vehicle 
uh, is, is much less than its uh, combustion engine counterpart. Uh, and that will present uh, some challenges, but a number of opportunities for us all uh, moving forward. So, you know, we're incredibly excited uh, about electrification. We think it's, the, you know, the, one of the biggest opportunities uh, bar none. David, the, the point that Mark um, references there after sales, I guess in the in the short, short term, you, you've got internal combustion engines, you've got plug-in hybrids, which you've got two sorts of power. So in theory, there's probably still quite a quite a lot of a revenue in the short term um, in in new technology emerging, isn't there? And again, newer technology probably needs fixing. Yeah, with, without doubt, we're still going to have a large proportion of our vehicles coming through the workshop that will be as they are today. Um, but you know, we work on very fine margins, and as more electric vehicles are on the road, um, our after-sales revenue, without a doubt, is is going to reduce. Um, and we don't have enough fat in my opinion, on the after-sales bone um, to just absorb that. So, you know, it, it, one thing for sure is that it's inevitable, it's coming, it's here, and we must all really embrace it. So, you know, if, if anybody's out there sort of almost still trying to fight this, they need to just let go and embrace it with both hands. Um, you know, we need to. We're already planning for, you know, where do our new revenue streams come from? What can we do better in after-sales? You know, we sell all these cars. We don't sell hardly any tires, as an example. You know, it, we should be experts in selling tires. You know, all of our new product has uh, digital technology, calibration, you know, that it add us. It, it, it's all new um, revenue streams that we need to be working on, mobility um, solutions to provide a customer with, with a choice of, of how they get from A to B, are all part of our sort of future thinking. Um, but yeah, it, it's inevitable. It's happening, and we have to adapt. Stuart, what's the customer saying in this? I mean, interesting. David, seeing opportunities there. Mark, um, seeing uh, investment and, and, and preparing for the future. Is the customer expectation the same for an electric vehicle as it is for an, a petrol or diesel, or is it different? Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities, and uh, I agree with Mark's point there in terms of the overall adoption of EVs. Um, you probably saw the recent SMMT report where I think in September this year there was apparently as many electric vehicles sold as in the total number in 2019. So it feels like the consumer is really driving forward. And I agree with Mark's comments that we're going to see this continue strongly into 22. And I think from a customer's perspective, they're expecting a level of sort of digitalization with these vehicles and with combustion engine vehicles where they're more closely advised as to what's going on when they're in the dealership. So I think partly driven by the, the sort of digital agenda, but partly also driven by COVID and wanting less contact. They're looking to be able to book a car in for a service themselves. They're looking to be able to schedule a drop-off time or know which stage of the process it's in. And their car could be ready at 2 o'clock, it could be ready at 7 p.m. But they want to be able to track that journey a lot more closely to know that they can go back to their service centre and pick it up at the right time and probably also do things like pay online and do a lot of the documentation digitally now rather than paperwork. 
Um, and I think that's you know key to what we've been doing in terms of supporting the dealers on a, a broader range of interactions with their customers in, in a manner that their customers are demanding. You're watching Auto Retail Live. We're focusing on 2022. Your questions and comments are coming in. Uh, Tristan uh, is currently collating those. We'll be coming to the, some of those in a few minutes. Always time for your comments. Just type them into the box uh, here or on social media. Use the hashtag ARN Live. Retail is, at the end of the day, about profit. Mark, um, need to think about profitability. Okay, we've got used cars rising. We've got shortage of supply. Uh, we've got exciting new technology. But as we've seen, we've got inflation. We've got rising costs of technicians. Um, profitability has got to be a focus for you. What, what are the key, key drivers for you? Well, I think what, everything you've just uh, you've just highlighted there. I mean, uh, we, we, we've got to uh, you know put the customer front and center, give them a great customer experience. They've got to want to come back to us uh, and, and stick with us. So I think there's a whole piece around just looking after the customer. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about this sort of omni-channel model. Uh, that's certainly very much at the heart of the Looker strategy. Has to be the customer's choice. How are they going uh, to uh, you know to deal with us? We have to put them in control. Um, and you know everyone's gone a long way towards doing that over the last 18 months, which is great news uh, for the sector. So you know, putting the customer front and center, controlling the inventories, and keeping those costs under control, uh, I think are going to be the, the key to uh, maintaining profitability. But you know, it, it is it is going to be um, you know a, a challenge. You know, it, it's retail is about the detail, and um, you know we've all got to be on it uh, every day. I mean, stuff like energy prices. I mean, you know, there's there's all that kind of going on in the background. You read about it, but you know, a business of 150 sites. You know, the the, the gas bill is quite big. <laughs> yeah, we, we we have an absolute uh, colossal uh, gas and electricity bill. But again, you know, uh, hesitate to use the word unprecedented. But who would have thought we'd have seen you know uh, more than a dozen energy suppliers uh, go out of business over, over recent months. Uh, it, 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 it's bizarre. Um, you know, that, that, that said, I think there's a lot of, lot of self-help measures that we can do. Uh, and we've, we've fitted, um, you know, sustainable uh, local energy sources to, to a number of our uh, businesses. We're also doing so at head office. I think that's very important that we, and, it, and it's part of being authentic and genuine about the, the real drive uh, to, to zero emissions. Uh, and I think as well, we've got to do things uh, slightly differently as well, Al. I mean, I, I, I came into this magnificent dealership uh, this morning uh, about um, you know 6 a.m. and uh, you know every single light was on. Uh, you know, a lot of workshop equipment was, was was on and running. And I think you know we've got to, you know to be genuine. It's very hard to be genuine with customers about zero emissions when the lights are on all night. So, so I think there's and and, and we're looking at you know investing in technology where we can sort of centrally control. Uh, you know some of our dealerships from an energy management perspective, but these are these are big big issues. Stuart, marketing costs always the old sore, isn't it? Fifty percent of it's wasted. If only you knew which fifty percent was wasted. How can you reduce your marketing costs when the customer needs to be contacting you every which way, twenty four hours a day? Well, I think you have to be smart about it. I think that's part of this digital initiative. So understanding the demographics of your customers understanding how they want to communicate with you and how you can share information with them. Um, you know, we take a lot of feedback in terms of not only online service bookings and things like that, that I mentioned earlier, 
but also the ability to, to pay online, adopting some of the technologies from other industry sectors, which could be really powerful for the dealerships. Um, I think one of, one of the interesting things when you talk to a lot of com customers in terms of how they want to interact with the dealers, you're right, there are a lot of channels there, but it's becoming more and more digital all the time. And they want to be able to get information there and supply information uh, through one of the digital channels. And I think that's going to be, you know, a critical factor for the dealers moving forwards. David, we, we touched on costs, workshop costs, technicians costs um, in particular. That's a big issue, um, naturally, because you need the skill, but there's a, there's a cost attached to it. There's a shortage of it. How are you approaching that into 2022? Well, we, we've taken some action this year, Al. Um, you know, we're all in the same boat. We've all got vacancies in after sales. Um, and a lot of our sort of skilled people are unfortunately leaving the industry. So it's not even as if we're poaching them between ourselves. Um, so, you know, we, we've completely uh, revamped all of the technician um, pay plan um, from the 1st of October. We now have uh, a much more realistic hourly rate or segregated between an apprentice that we're trying to attract, obviously for tomorrow's business, the, the normal technician, and, and then the master tech. So we're rewarding people for their skill set. Um, what we've also done is built in an annual um, loyalty bonus, um, which um, can be earned each year, uh, unconditional, um, which also hopefully will you know, reward people for their loyalty of staying um, with the business with us. You know, that said, um, we, we, it, it's not finished. Um, the, the problem isn't fixed. It, it, we, we've just sort of put a sticking plaster on it, I guess, because it doesn't just affect um, after sales. Um, you know, we've got, as I started, we've got a lot less vehicle supply. Um, so we need to be very careful as well on how we reward uh, our sales teams as far as the level of their base salary against commissions, because um, I'm certainly in favor of having a much higher base salary, rewarding people for quality um, and and taking away, um, you know, this this um, requirement to live off, off commission. Um, and I think, you know, the agency model um, will only sort of take us that route in any case. So so it is a big challenge, Alan. And I think, you know, with the margin so tight in our industry, it, there's no easy fix. But, if, you know, people are, you know, the key asset, our best asset, and, you know, we all need to do everything we can to secure them for the future. Thanks, David. Uh, first question, Mark, uh, to you from Rupert Saunders. Good afternoon, Rupert. Um, are private customers, private customers here, showing real interest um, in EVs or is it all fleet sales that are coming through? Hi, hi Rupert. I can't see you, but uh, you know, very, very good question. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, there's no no doubt that um, you know that, that some some of the tax advantages that we see uh, around EV, uh, you know, things like salary sacrifice are, are really are really helping the, the fleet market. So uh, you know, the, the, the fleet market is is driving uh, you know quite quite an upweighted penetration. But we are also seeing you know significant levels of uh, increased inquiries from private customers. Um, I mean, I think the, uh, the the sort of week or two of the fuel crisis. Um, I mean, we, we, we recorded record uh, inquiries on electric vehicles. So, you know, that, that whole issue did, did capture the, 
um, consumers, uh, you know, mind about you know the, the, the sort of convenience of, 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 of sort of driving an EV. So, but I think it will pick. I think the real point to me, Rupert, is to, I, you know, and I, I don't know if you've driven an EV, but when you start driving and handling an electric vehicle, this is a very different experience, and it's a good experience. Uh, and I think that is that's going to be the real key that's going to unlock, uh, you know, the future demand. Talking of future demand and future models, the agency model is is, is something that um, is in the offing now. Within you, you have a Polestar. I think you were the second Polestar operation in Manchester. How, how is agency model um, playing out, and and is that working for you? Yeah, we're we're we're, we're really uh, uh, delighted to have Polestar uh, with us. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's a fantastic brand, and uh, um, yeah, we you know we, we you know a, agency is not something intrinsically uh, to be feared. Uh, there's been an awful lot of uh, press press commentary around agency and a lot of industry comments around it. Um, you know, for us, uh, you know, we've got a number of agency uh, agreements in place, and, and and they absolutely work. Uh, I mean, I think I think they're very different, as as as, as David was was touching on, um, and I think they need to be costed in a very different way. And you know, ultimately, it will lead us down a, a different sort of method of operating. Um, but um, you know, I, I think they're I think they're going to be powerful. We're certainly going to embrace agency. But I think it's important to say as well, Al, that not not all OEMs are going to go down this route. I mean, we're we're lucky enough to represent over 32 OEMs, and we we obviously have a number of conversations with all of them. And I, you know, I don't think it's inevitable that every OEM will go down uh, this 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 avenue. Many many are absolutely delighted with the way franchises work, and I'm sure we'll continue with that. Others. Uh, you know, want to, want, you know, obviously want to see the agency model. But I think, I think being fleet of foot, doing things differently, keeping a very close eye on the costs, mean that actually we can all make a great success out of agency with the customer at the heart of what we do. Thanks, Mark. Quick fire round, David. Um, Peter Cotton asked the question: What uh, is your biggest challenge? Not you personally. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge for your business in 2022, David? Well, I think when we look at the difference in cost base from 2021 to 2022, and without giving anything away, which I won't, um, we don't, you know, the subsidies have all stopped. Um, you've got inflation, which means that if we're being fair to our people, we need to, um, you know, reflect that in, in their annual pay. Um, you've got all the utilities that are doubling in cost in some cases. So our cost base for standing alone is in the millions. Um, and I would dread to think what marks are. Um, but that is for me the biggest challenge is we've got increased costs. We come off a very good financial year. I think most people have, but we're back to the real world. Um, we've got high costs and we've got uncertainty on, on vehicle supply. So it's trying to balance both of those. And I think, you know, what, one of the, key elements in my future vision is almost when you look at your site, most people have dealerships today that are too big for what, what is needed and the cost is too high. And, you know, we're certainly going to start looking at what profit do we make per square meter as a bit of a benchmark for our business moving forward, because um, we won't be able to operate moving forward in the way that we've operated in the past. Um, you know, and if we move to an agency model, you know, margins will be less. 
Um, I think it will be a great opportunity once again, as Mark said. You know, it's, I'm not fearful at all. I think, you know, once again, it's coming. Um, we need to prepare and we need to stop fighting it because if it's managed properly, our costs will be significantly reduced. And as long as you are good in customer satisfaction and support the manufacturer, um, you will have a future. So, so for me, it's just, it's managing the balance between back to normal costs. Um, and, you know, as we've talked about all core, um, you know, an unpredictable, um, year when it comes to volume. Wow. I don't think we've drawn breath in the last 45 minutes. You wouldn't believe three quarters of an hour has flown past uh, as we looked ahead to 2022. I'm going to invite each of our panelists now to conclude with a tip for 2022. Stuart Mills, um, Chief Commercial Officer at Key Loop. Stuart, what would your tip be? The one thing somebody can do this afternoon to prepare for 2022. Yeah, I mean, from my from my standpoint, it's to think clearly about how we can, they can use the sort of digital components to interact with the dealerships, both in the car buying cycle and the sort of servicing and after sales cycle. Um, and I think the consumer helps drive the agenda here and the dealerships that we're working with, you know, across the country are very much leaning into this to provide that great customer experience. Mark Rayburn, CEO of Lookers, 2022, what's your thought? What's your tip? Uh, my, my, my tip for 2022 is, um, you know, control the controllables, okay, um, and stick to the basics. Uh, you know, we, we've discussed, we're at an inflection point in, in the industry, right? We've got increased costs, we've got electrification, we've got disruptors entering the used car market, we've got agency agreements, there's a, there's a huge amount of, of noise, but I think you know, let's ju let's just stick to what we can actually control. And I think if we control the controllables, we've got a really great uh, future ahead of us. David, David Peel, Chief Exec at Pentagon. So two points for me, a little bit of an overlap with what Mark has just said. But, you know, I've always said, don't stress about what you can't affect. Um, we all need to focus on what we can affect. I think it's going to be key in 2022. Um, and the second one, which I think is, Probably the most important one is don't count on yesterday's experience for tomorrow's success because the world has changed. Brilliant. A great, a great conversation this afternoon. Thank you to our panellists. Uh, thank you to you uh, for joining us. Thank you to Behind the Scenes to Guy um, and to Tristan and the team here at Auto Retail Network. Over the course of the last 12 months, we've had something like 14 conversations of this type with several thousand people joining in, including you with your questions and on behalf of Auto Retail Network, thank you. And thank you for all the work that you've done and for joining us. And we'll be back in 2022. A Merry Christmas.